Hello, my name is Persephone Jam, and you are tuned into the Candy for Trees podcast. Last time, we talked a little bit about a phenomenon or an activity called conlanging, and it turned out that I spent probably four hours yesterday working on my conlang, and I'm sure some of you out there would be like, what in the world is a conlang, first off? And also, what in the world were you doing with that conlang for four hours? And last time we talked a little bit about the translation that I did of 40 Day Dream by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. And this whole thing, and I haven't talked about this yet, but this whole thing is basically an exercise in how to not take myself seriously. Because I went back through my translation that I did yesterday because I was posting it in a conlang group and it was just bad in places. Like, holy crap. And so we'll probably end up talking a little bit more about the conlang today. And also, I got my play scripts in. I published my book on, Am- my play on Amazon and the play scripts came in and they are beautiful. They are in paperback format, and I never thought this would happen. Like, I never thought these characters would ever see, like, the proper light of day. But here they are, and the script looks awesome, so I'm really proud of that. And I went back through the play, and everything seems good except for some minor formatting issues. And me calling the narrator Narrado by accident in one of the things. It's kind of what happens when you have a big project and you don't kind of see all the details. Whoops, I'm sorry. So, um, and I also found myself writing some very romantic poetry in my conlang. By the way, a conlang is a constructed language for any of y'all who are not familiar with the term. And I don't have a name for this conlang. So if anyone has a name that they'd like to suggest, please message me or put it in a voice message and I will definitely consider it. But that conlang has become very, very near and dear to my heart in like the five, six hours I've been working on it. I mean, technically, I think I talked about this last time, more than five to six hours because I spent a couple hours a long, long time ago developing the, like, I guess, phonology? I don't know if that's the word. Like, I'm horrible with technical terms. Oh my gosh. And so, again, this is a whole process of uh, Persephone needs to not take themselves seriously. Or so seriously, at least. And so, like, I I ended up making the sounds. That's what they are. They're the sounds of the language. And I ended up simplifying the alphabet a lot. Because there was like each for each letter we had here in like the Rome, Latin alphabet, there would be like six different markings I could put on the letters. And at this point, at that point, I should probably just make glyphs. But for now, I'm keeping it in the Latin alphabet A, B, C, D, E, F, G, etc. Because it's easier and more accessible for people to read. So there is that portion of things. And I may have gotten my friend hooked on this language because they keep asking me for like translations of certain things. They asked me for pet translations today. Let's see if I can find them. 
Um, and I noticed that a lot of the things in this language have roots of sun. Like S-U-N, not S-O-N. Alright, so let me see if I can find this, because I came up with more words and now it's kind of messed up. Ah, uh, yeah. So, um... So let's see if I can translate this, because dog is leine, or pet is leine, and it could also be child as well. So, um, shaleina emeya is, um, come here kid, come here, like, like, dear kid, like a nice kid, like a sweet kid, like someone who's dear to you, little one. And, um, basically, come here little one. And that's a gonna be a big part of whoever gets this language, because like, it's, I, want, I want there to be different words for different people who are close to you. Like, I know that there are certain like ways to address people in certain different languages. Like Spanish has the formal usted, which means which you use for like formal people that you're not really close to in like a professional context and stuff. And whereas when you're with a friend or with someone you're close to, it's two. Or someone with, like, your same status or rank. I know it's not quite as, like, rank-heavy as Japanese. But, um, it's definitely there. And you have a formal, like, aspect to it. I don't think the that's a technical term. Again, I'm horrible with technical terms and I feel really bad. But, um... So, there is, um, come is eme. And then, so, the you come will be emeya. And so, dog, cat, little one. Basically, little one who's important to you is lain. Like, sun thing. Like, sun creature. Like, so, like the sun. And so... So, like, to say good little one, you'd say... Shaleinia, leia, inia. Like, so... Dear little... Like, little one, you have the sun. That's how you would say that in English. And, um... So that's so they asked me about that and that was awesome because it gave me a chance to think deeper about my language and how they consider little ones. Not just dogs, not just cats, not just kids. It's basically like dear little one, like you little one who is dear to me. And that was super important. And so I was really glad that I got to do that today. Um and I, let me read you, so let's go back to the play a little bit. So Lavender and Scissors, my play, is also very important to me because I wrote it, first off. And let's play a game of, let's go to a random page and see if I can act it out just for fun. So I'm already at a random page, and this one is in um, Act 1. And I'm just gonna say my favorite say my favorite sequence from this. So um, let's go to let's go to here. So I'm sure you'll have questions. Please save them until after Hanno introduces himself. Hanno, go ahead. Um, hi, I'm Hanno Athelston. I like books and stuff. You can tell them more than that. Tell them what you do. I have the 1989 Earth hit. We didn't start the fire. Memorized. Tell them more about what you do. 
I memorize things. And that's one of my favorite sequences in the entire play. And I remember messaging that line to people. The I have the 1989 Earth hit memorized. I remember messaging that to people. And they were like, geez, Hannah, I relate. And so that was awesome. Now, um, if I had to choose a favorite character, no offense other characters, but I would not choose the main character as my favorite character of this play. I would likely choose Kira Aesteros, the um, one of the villains as my favorite character, because she has a very interesting backstory that involves a lot of fire. She has fire powers. That's her main power. And she is afraid to use them because something happened when she was little. Now, let me read you... Another favorite part. Okay, again, play spoilers. If you haven't read the play, you might want to read the play. So, it gave her time to escape. It gave me a life sentence. I was groomed to be my dad's heir, but was also taught that my powers were bad. I heard enough times to start to believe it for myself. I started to relate to my grandfather, very powerful himself, but intent on destroying all else in his path in order to make a better world. A better world. What a concept. I think he tried to cope with his own fragility by taking his anger out on an entire world and then calling it the greater good. Why else would you do such a thing? People who hurt others are always in pain themselves. I would know. Coming here has really changed my perspective. And so I like the line, um, people who hurt others are always in pain themselves. Like, that just hits me, and I hope that it hits the reader and the listener of the play as well. And there's an, I'll show you one last sequence, and then I will leave you with a poem in my language, which is, I think I told you already, but it's currently called Standard. So Marsh, or goes, courageous, I see. Tell me, Miss Celine, what do you see in Miss Astros's future? Anything she wants. What? Anything she wants. There's always a choice, contrary to what you, your father, and what Kira herself once believed. I learned that a long time ago. Nothing in your future is set in stone, and my long sight changes with the decisions people make. Kira's power is limitless, isn't it? So, yeah, there's that, and that's one of my favorite parts of the play. Actually, those are some of my favorite parts of the play, and now I will leave you with a poem in my Conway. So it's um, written in my notebook, and it's kind of scrappy, so I'll just try to piece my way through it like last time. So, Esha Ame Kare. E sha estras data a na shanai estras e sha soa e ash e crap let me start over let me start over i'm so bad at this right now all right so e sha ame kare e sha estras data a na shanai estras e Sha soa a e sha data e sha boa 
And that basically translates to, I will love justice. The enemy of mine sleeps, but she could not be my enemy. She sleeps. No, she dreams. I am only a sleeper. I shall return. And then the second stanza is, Shayerebare a eshakane bete shafine shalea dinia shamia sankhia e sha aistrias. So the gunshot will be like it will burn or be like a flame, but I will conquer before I die. I give you the sun, I sing of you love, my enemy. So it's basically like a poem about like forbidden love, I guess. I could translate Romeo and Juliet into this, but I'm joking and no. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. I'm Persephone Jam and this is the Candy for Trees podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.